And will you turn to the book of Nehemiah for me, please? Nehemiah chapter 6. Nehemiah chapter 6, please. And while you're looking that up, where's the little book of Nehemiah? Some might say, well, you've, uh, if you go back from the book of Psalms, and then you'll get Job, Esther, Nehemiah. Going back to Wes. Okay. Psalms, Job, Esther, Nehemiah, in reverse order. Chapter 6, please. And let's just read a few verses, and then we will look at the chapter for what the Lord has laid on our hearts this morning to give to you. Verse 1. Now it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arabian, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had builded the wall, and that there was no breach left therein, though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates, that Sanballat and Geshem sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief. And I sent messengers unto them, saying, I am doing a great work, so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it? And come down to you. Yet they sent unto me four times after the sort. And I answered them after the same manner. Keep your Bible open there. Let's pray. Father, would you now take your word and inscribe it in every heart. Print it in minds as it's already been said and prayed this morning. And Lord, may this not just be another Sunday morning where we mark time. But may it be a time when, Lord, your word is forever placed in our hearts and challenging us and leading us, convicting us, compelling us, guiding us, Lord, in your ways. Father, we love your Son. We thank you for him. And we thank you now for your Spirit with us here in this meeting. Glorify your name through the preaching of your word and the teaching of your word. For Jesus' sake we ask it. Amen. I had started off with Philippians 4 and verse 13. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me, Paul said. And, you know, it's very positive. I can, not that I can't, I can. But we said it must be looked at in context. We'll not go into it again. We mentioned it over two weeks. But it must be looked at in context. We can't jump out of an airplane without a parachute and expect to do it again. We can't go underwater 100 foot and stay there for an hour without breathing apparatus. So we look at the word of God in its context. And Fred, nowadays we get many people and they take it so far out of context. The word of God has, is of none effect in many ways. And Paul in the context looked at the past troubles and problems that he had. I won't go through it all, take too long. And he looked at how he knew, remember, how to be a base and how to abound. That Christian living is not plain sailing, brothers and sisters, but when you're on that Christian living boat, you're going to go across many rough and dangerous seas. It's not all like a pane of glass and a, a duck pond pool where we go in lovely sailing, but the Christian life is a hard life, and that's why we're told to be good soldiers of Jesus Christ. And at this point in time, the way the world is and society is, and the way things are happening in our nation, you and I are now those people who, well, we are just the hateful 
people, the hate mongers, and we're all of that, because the true Christian will stand out from the world. There's nothing as beautiful as to see an ocean liner sailing up Belfast Lock. I seen one a couple of weeks ago, and it was majestic looking, it was beautiful. But it would be nothing uh, as it's on that sea, conquering as, a, as it were, floating out towards uh, Scotland, if it were, as it were, out the Belfast Lock. It was beautiful. But there would be nothing as tragic and terrible and ugly to see that water which is floating on inside the ship and then overcoming the boat. And it's the same in the Christian life uh, that, that we as believers, there's nothing as beautiful as holiness. I didn't say pharisaical religion. There's nothing as beautiful as a man and a woman in love with Jesus. Nothing as beautiful as it. It's good to watch. It's wholesome to see. and It's pleasant to be around. And the problem is when we come in life, we think all will be plain sailing. No. I didn't really realize, well, I did because the devil tried to kill me when I wasn't saved. He had me addicted, but I didn't really, really, truly realize there was a fight going on until I got saved. The devil won't bother the Christian too much as long as you don't try and do something for God. The devil won't try and bother you as long as you don't step out in faith. He's not really worried about you. He's not too concerned about you. As soon as you, as a Christian, start to step out in truth and take your stand, well, you're a hateful person and hate-monger in this day and age. We see the shameful, the shameful banners going up in Sainsbury's supporting LGBT. And different companies around the world. And Christians are to take their stand in these last days. We see the shameful ecumenism of the church. Shameful it is. When men and women took their stand for the truths of the word of God and went to a stake and burned and died. We see all of these things that we were so freely given through the the martyrdom of God's early church and through the reformed church so glibly given away. You won't be attacked in your life too much. The devil isn't really too interested in you too much if you don't do anything for God. Now you might sit here today and you might say, well then I'll not do anything and have an easy life. If you're called of God, if you're saved by grace, then you're saved to serve. Every one of you have a call in your life and whether you fulfill that or not, no matter what the program is against you. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ. He gives me the strength. He gives me the ability. He gives me the, the inner fortitude to be able to stand before the world and be unashamed of him. I'm not ashamed to say that I love the Lord Jesus. I'm not ashamed of him. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. 
And I'm not ashamed to say that he is my saviour. Notice here in the book of Nehemiah, we see a building program, Jerusalem. I mean, I'll tell the whole story of Nehemiah. He was the king's cupbearer and he was released with a burden on his heart to build the walls of Jerusalem. And as we read in Nehemiah chapter 6 here, we see how that the enemy comes in verse 1 when Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, notice, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, and you'll read about them in chapter 2 coming. Really, it was a, 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 a Canaanite, an Amorite, and an Arabian. Sounds like a joke, doesn't it? Party Irishman, party Scotsman, party Englishman. But they come up to him, but that's not all. Look what it says in verse 1. And the rest of our enemies. Every enemy of Nehemiah. And really it was every enemy of the released of Judah. Every single enemy was against the work of God. Do you know there are, there are not only people, but there's spiritual wickedness in high places, and they're in high places working on men and upon women. There are also spiritual influences all around. And do you know what they're doing? They're against the work of God in your life. They're against the work of God in your family. They're against the work of God. Excuse me, there's a weak, tiny girl. I don't know if she's lost or not. I don't know who it is. Oh, there's maybe somebody out there with her, is there? I don't want the child going out on the road or something. Sorry, folks. I just didn't want anything happening to that child in case she went out the door. Everything you step out to do, Every time you say, I'm moving on in God, you can be assured the devil hates every part of it. But you know, we're not to worry and we're not to fear. Look at our chapter here for a moment. Let's just look at it. So the enemy comes and says in, it says in verse 1, the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall. I'm doing a work for God, he says. You might say, well, I'm not a preacher. You don't have to be in the pulpit. But you're a preacher when you're meeting someone on the street, in your workplace. And I'm not a pastor. You don't have to be in this assembly. But you can help people. Everything, whether children's work and uh, youth work and even work for the elderly, whether it's given uh, just a helping hand somewhere here, there, and everywhere. All of those things for the glory of Christ and to take your stand for the word of God, every single one of them, brothers and sisters, you can be assured this morning that the devil hates everything about it. Because if you're doing it for the glory of Christ, now there's a pattern in this chapter we're going to look at for a few moments. And it says here, notice in verse 2, that Sambalad and Geshem sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. So here he is, he's at the work of the Lord, Nehemiah, and he's laboring away for God, and he's starting to build the wall. In fact, the wall is almost finished. He just has to hang the doors. 
the gates. And I love it the way the Holy Spirit puts it in his heart for us to read all these years later. The walls were finished. I just hadn't hung the doors yet. Right down to the detail, isn't it amazing? Right down to the... And it shows us that the Lord is interested in the finer details, not only of our lives, but in the finer details of his work. Of his work. Come to say to the village in the, in the plain of Ono, I want you to come to a place where I want to talk with you, Nehemiah. Now, brothers and sisters, it's as simple as this. When the devil says it to you, here's what you say back. Say, oh no, to, oh no. Simple. I want you to come. Stop the work. You should give up on it. You know, we have a deal. I have a deal to make with you if you stop this. Let's come. I want to be your friend, says the devil. And it's maybe through people or a person, or it could just be the devil trying you. Stop the work. Stop the work. Come and meet me, and let's reason together, saith the devil. Where am I going to the, the plane of Ono? You know, the plane hadn't really got anything in it because it's plain. And it was called Ono. And when the devil says to you, stop the work. Why don't you give up on your walk with God? Why don't you not believe in him anymore? Why do you not just uh, succumb to society? Why do you not just bow and don't take your stand for Christ? Why not just, uh, just give leeway to the things in the word of God that's happening today? And life will be easier. Come on, we'll talk about it. Brothers and sisters, here it is. Oh no to oh no. Whatever form, whatever way, whatever person that it comes to, we must say no to the call of the devil. Notice what it says, but they thought to do me mischief. They thought to do me mischief. Discernment of spirits is for the church today. And they can look the part and they can speak the peace. And it even seems to be wholesome or nice or compatible with all others. We need discernment. They thought to do me mischief. Brother, sister, watch your company. Watch who you fellowship with. Watch who you worship with. Watch who you spend your time with. Watch who you listen to. Ask the Lord to give you discerning of spirits. They thought to do me mischief, he says. Notice here what it says. But they thought to do me mischief, and I sent messengers unto them, saying, I'm doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease 
while I leave it, whilst I leave it, and come down to you. So here's what I'd written. Here's the cannot. I can, I can't, I can. Here's what I'd written. I cannot come down. Here's the thing about the Christian in the labor, the service, their walk and their work for Christ. When the devil comes, whatever the trial is, whatever the voice is, whatever the calling is, if it's not of God and found in his word, don't go. Don't come down to him. This is what I've written. I cannot come down. The Lord's work and the Lord's calling may be and may seem at times hard, tedious, thankless, even useless. But it's higher and it's more glorious than any other work. The work of the Lord is higher and more glorious than any other work. Philip Brooks, an old Puritan, once wrote, if any man is called to preach, don't stoop to be a king. (laughs) If any man is called to preach, don't stoop to be a king. Let me just, if I can rejig that. If any man or woman is called to serve, which is every one of us, by the way, don't stoop to be a king or a queen. What you have, Christian, the calling of Christ in your life now, what you have is greater. The calling of Christ is greater at this present moment in time when the world is going to hell in a handcart. When all is against us, And persecution in the West especially is at the door. We haven't got the persecution from the Reformation. It's coming around again. You have something that's more precious than anyone else who has not Christ. Notice, I cannot come down. Would you say come down? Would you say it one more time? I cannot come down. Would you say I cannot come down? I cannot come down. Let's say it loud. I cannot come down. I cannot come down. Nehemiah said to the enemies, I cannot come down. Not I will not. No, I won't. Because once we say I will, then it's our strength, isn't it? Once we say I will or I won't, it's our strength. It's our will. It wasn't Nehemiah's will. It wasn't Nehemiah's strength. Rather, he was saying, I have no choice in the matter. I cannot come down. Why? Because God has placed me here. God has called me. God has set me. I cannot come down. This is what I wrote. Don't get into the mud with the swine and expect to come out clean. 
Did you hear that, brother, sister? When the world's calling you and the devil's offering it to you, don't get into the mud with the swine and expect to come out clean. I wrote this, don't stoop to the level of the devil. And Nehemiah, he isn't coming down because they are, they're so bad. No, I'm not coming down because I'm afraid. I'm not coming down. That's not the reason he's not coming down, by the way. Oh, I, I wouldn't go into the world because I'd be afraid. It's not the way it was even whenever I was in the world. And no, 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 no. It's not the reason why I don't go back to the world, you know. Because it would be, uh, oh, it's even more horrible and the, the drugs are more free. I don't know if he'd get any more free, but there probably are. And, and you know, and all of those things, we, that's a reason not to go back. But that's not what keeps me away from the world. What keeps me away from the world is the glory of Christ because he's so good. And Nehemiah saying, I can't come down to you. Not because I'm afraid of you or you're so bad, but because he's so good. I serve him because I love him. Because I love him. Notice here. He says, devil, I cannot come down. I dare not come down. And here's what I've written. He could have said, I'm at a greater level. I'm in a higher place. I'm in a vantage point and I'm building from a position of victory already won. I'm seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I cannot come down. I cannot stoop. I cannot stoop nor lean to your level, devil. Listen, the devil will try and cause your mouth to be like his mouth. You ever get people and they just wind you up? Oh, a whole lot of are smiling there and see that. <laughs> Some people and, you know, they wind you up that, you know, you have to go and pray a lot. <laughs> I mean a lot. An awful, awful, awful lot. <laughs> but if it was up to the old man, you'd be down to their level, speaking like they speak, acting like they act, partaking in what they partake of, behaving in the way they behave. The old woman. Isn't that true? What keeps you? Because you, oh, I can't do that. I'm so holy. Nonsense. You're flesh and blood like every one of us. Do you know what keeps you? He keeps you. Because he's so good. Because he's so glorious. That's what keeps you. I cannot come down. Why should I leave the work? <laughs> Devil. Why should I ruin my testimony for the likes of you? Why should I stop serving here because things are hard or difficult or because I've been upset or annoyed or offended and, and all of these things, and we all get all of those, but why should, why should I step off this wall 
to come down. Notice he's higher level, he's a higher plane. Nehemiah is already fighting from victory. (laughs) So are you. Hi, Alma. It's called the cross of Christ, the blood of the Lamb. You're already victorious in Christ. Notice, I cannot come down. I am doing a, what does he say? I am doing a what? A great work. He didn't say, I'm doing my best and I'm laboring away here. Because that's what we do, isn't it? See this youth? Oh, drive me nuts. <laughs> I was going to say, is that right, youth leaders? <laughs> <laughs> or this, or that, or the other. This, so see this church? Not used, by the way. See, it's not that we're just doing a work. It's a great work. You know what the great work was? He was building the walls of Jerusalem. But there only walls. No, no, they were not. Indeed, only walls. They were the protection for where God's glory would come in the temple. So it weren't just walls. It was the it was the hedge off. And here's the temple. Down comes the glory. It was the glory. What does Pastor Michael say? Under the spout where the glory comes out. And you see, when you and I are working, we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We're building the walls. We're building the work. We're fitly framed together one with the other. And listen, it's here, not in sea, that this building. If we were to have this building, and we thank the Lord for it, but if we were to move to somewhere else and we had another building, the Lord would be with us there. You know why? Because we are the temple. He's within us. And there is the, the, under the spout where the glory comes out. And it's not just a work. Out in the streets when you're witnessing guys. Robbing the doors when you're speaking to people on the doors. Giving out the CDs somewhere. And, and going around and giving out leaflets and, and traction. And, and talking to people about the Lord. And it may be just one. But listen, it's building the wall of the Lord. It's building a great work for the glory of God. All of it is. Every one of you are. I'm just standing at the door, Lloyd and Gordon. I'm just welcoming people in and I'm, I'm just showing them to their seats. You're building on the wall and you cannot come down. Sound guys, go on and go on and go on and go on. The, the worship band, oh, we could go on and on and on. But here's the thing I want to ask you. Is there someone here? And you come down for a wee peek. Can't come down to you. I'm doing a great work here, devil. What did you say? Hold on a second, I couldn't be there. In Uno? That's very interesting, isn't it? Maybe I'll go, hold on, I'll just try myself out in Uno here. And before you're there, you're away and you're away on the Uno. Instead of saying Uno oh, to Uno, oh, you've said, I'll go to Uno. Oh, I have to walk the whole way up here and I have to do that. 
can't you see if maybe you're there, you know, it's not too late. Get back on the wall. Get back into the work. It's a great work. Notice here, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you? Huh? So you, you get the trials and you know, and you get the, the letdowns and you get those that put their name on the list to help you out and the next thing, a hundred names in one day turns to four. It's not right. It's not right for you. God give you that bit. Give it to you. A million times. That's maybe a slight exaggeration. A million times I've said, Lord, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I have. But the stress, and the flack, and the abuse, and I'll do this anymore. The letdown, the lies about you. I don't want to do this anymore. You know what the Lord says? Dry your eyes, son, and get on with it. <laughs> I cannot. I cannot come down. And the devil would come along and say, don't do this and don't do that. And you're no good at it. And I could do it better than you. Hand the devil the microphone if it's singing or the instrument or hand the devil whatever you're doing and say, you fancy trying it? Because I'll tell you, the devil in that person won't be long standing around you. He's all mine. Notice. Notice this. Why should... The work ceased whilst I leave it and come down to you. Yet they sent unto me four times after the sword. And I answered them after the same manner. Four times. I went back again and again and again and again. And Nehemiah says, every time they came to me, I gave them the same message back. I can't. I cannot come down to you. I cannot stoop to your level. I cannot stop and let the work cease. Notice here, verse 5, Then Sanballat, then sent Sanballat a servant unto me in like manner the fifth time. Five's the number of grace. Wonder if it would be gracious to him. Let's see what happens. <coughs> With an open letter in his hand. It's nice of him to take the time. Wherein was written, it is reported among the heathen in Gashmu, saith it, that thou and the Jews think to rebel, for thy hast, for, for which cause thou buildest the wall, that thou mayest be their king according to these words, and thou hast also appointed prophets to preach of thee at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah, and now shall it be reported to the king according to these words. Come now, therefore, and let us take counsel together. So now, he tries to put fear, false accusation, into the heart of Nehemiah. Do you know why you're doing that? Because you just think you're brilliant. 
Do you know why you're doing that work? Because you think there's none like you. You're trying to be the king. Well, we're going to tell the king. That wasn't king in Judah here at the time. There wasn't one. It was the king of Babylon who had released him. We're going to say you're going to rebel against him. And what you're doing is you're just building these walls to fortify yourself. And what you're doing here is you're going to get everybody against him and cause a whole revolt. You're going to do all of this. And Nehemiah innocently says, my heart is to serve the Lord. Do you ever get that? In all innocency and in all honesty, all it was was to ever love and serve Christ. You're trying to build and the devil's against you. I know what you're up to and you're doing this and you're just trying to build your kingdom and you're doing this, that and the other. I remember when we first came in here and I'll be careful. We first came in here, there was a, a man from another denomination came walking right in here. Walking right in, we were just doing the place up. You aren't needed in here to build your own place. You aren't needed in here. This is not of God. This is now this is a church leader. This is not of God, and you're not needed in here, and you're not wanted in here. And this, you spun this field and walked out again. I thought, well, that just shows me, Lord, that you do want this here. <laughs> says your work and notice what he says here you have, a, you have appointed prophets to preach about yourself and then he says come now therefore and let us take counsel together if you come and talk to me we'll maybe get over this but then I sent unto him, saying, There are no such things done as thou sayest, but thou veinest them out of thine own heart. So Nehemiah says, You know what? I know your heart. Go do what you got to do. Then he comes. Notice verse 9. For they all made us afraid, saying, Their hands shall be weakened from the work. Do you see their spirit not? Their hands shall be weakened from the work. I'm doing a great work. Well, let's weaken it. Their hands shall be weakened from the work that it be not done. Now therefore, I'm going to go and I'm going to accumulate with them. I'm going to go on bended knee to them. I'm going to go and meet humility in humility with them. That's not what he said. He says, now therefore, oh God, strengthen my hands. Why? Because I'm continuing on in your work. No matter what the devil says. No matter what the problems are. I'm going to continue on. Notice, first nine theme, all made us afraid. Let your eye run down for time's sake. Um, in fact, I can't. Let's go to verse 10. Afterwards, it came to the house of Shammai, the son of Deliah, the son of Mahitabil, who, sh- who was shut up and said, let us meet together in the house of God. Sounds good, doesn't it? Let's go to church together. Within the temple, and let us shut the doors of the temple, for they will come to slay thee. Yea, the night they will come to slay thee. Notice what Nehemiah's retort is, his reply. And I said, should such a man as I flee, a man who's called, I have to take my stand. Notice what he says. And who is there that being as I am would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. Notice, 
And though I perceived that God had not sent him, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me, for Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. So this man comes and says, Mom, we'll go into the temple together and we'll close the doors, you'll be safe. But no, he didn't realize that if he knew the word of God, if he stood on the word of God, like Nehemiah was standing on the word of God, Nehemiah couldn't go into the temple because the priests alone could go into the temple. Nehemiah went, ah, so if you were really a prophet, you would know that I can't go in there. You see, brothers and sisters, if we trust in the word of God, no matter how hard it is, it will never fail us. Don't worry, I'm allowed to tell a story. I was told I was allowed to. I'm allowed to tell a story. I'm not mentioning. Okay. Everybody else, anybody else. So there was a certain young woman. <laughs> and she had said before I could tell her, so she came to me oh, a lot of weeks ago. God has spoken to me. And, you know, she'd got herself back on track with the Lord, got all mail. And she was to go on holidays. Expansive holiday, by the way, quite far away. She says, the Lord told me that I, she was in a, a relationship with unsaved person. The Lord told me, I have to break this off. And I've not to go on this holiday. What will I do? I says, do what the Lord told you. So she did. Coming close to it, because it was a, a lot of money involved. She phoned me. It was a wee bit of a wee, bit of a wobble, as there a way around some of us. I says, you know what you have to do. You have to do what God told you to do. It's not it does matter what I say. Do what God's told you to do. Just that little buckle. I think we'd all have a wee buckle sometimes like that. She stayed true to what the Lord had told her. She took her stand against what opposition was there for her. Here's what happened. So the date came. Obviously everything didn't happen. So she sent me a wee message days later. In the place where she was meant to be, in the hotel in particular she was meant to be in, there was a shooting in it and it was evacuated. She says, isn't God just fantastic? See how he just looked after her. It's the obedience to the word of God. Obedience to the will of the Lord according to his word. Can you see that, brothers and sisters? Sometimes it's like I'm giving up because the Sanballats and the Tobias and all these Arabians and enemies are coming and the thing about it is we just obey what he tells us to do I cannot come down I've done a great work I'm finishing I'm finishing notice here he didn't go into the temple because he knew God's word he couldn't go in that's what saves him here verse 12 and though I perceived that God had not sent him but that he pronounced this prophecy against me for Dubai and Sanballat had hired him. 
Therefore he was hired that I should be. What's the word again there? I should be what? What is the word? So in verse 9, they're trying to make them all afraid. Now in verse 13, they're trying to make him afraid. Therefore was he hired that I should be afraid and do so and sin. Notice, and sin. And that they might have matter for an evil report. In other words, that I might lose my testimony about this. That I, I'll do this and I'll come down and I'll listen and I'll partake and I'll lose my testimony. Brothers and sisters, a testimony is it's the hardest thing to get and to keep. A testimony, you don't turn around and say, oh, well, you know what? I've sinned and I've done wrong and I've repented and I've said, oh, yeah, you may be all right with God, but see, before man, you have a testimony to live a life. It's the easiest thing to lose. Man thinks of it, one, one, one go like that and your, your testimony's gone. And, and here Nehemiah says, they wanted me to lose my testimony. Stop the work, come down to their level, lose my testimony. And that's what happens. We stop the work of God, we stop the fellowshipping, we stop getting into his presence, we, we come down to the devil's level and we get into the mire with the swine and expect to come out smelling the roses and we're not, we're full of mud. lost their testimony. Therefore was he hired, it says, notice, that I should be afraid and do so in sin, and that they might have matter for an evil report, that they might reproach me. My God, think upon Tobiah and son, that according to these their works, and on the prophetess, Noadiah, and the rest of the prophets that would have put me, what? In fear. Now here's the closing thoughts here, ready? The enemy wants to put you into fear. See if the enemy can get you to fear. You're crippled. If he can get you to put you into fear, no matter what it's about, if he gets you to fear, it cripples you. It makes you ill. He disables you in the sense that your body won't function right. Your mind can't comprehend things. And, and that because of that fear, God seems to be so far away and you go into a downward spiral and you're coming down off the work of the wall. Fear. F-E-A-R. False evidence appearing real. It's false. It's not real. And the whole way through this chapter, he turns to God to prayer. Turns to God to prayer. Calls upon the name of the Lord. Notice that they would have put me in fear. And here is the climax of it in verse 15, the first line. So the wall was finished. So the wall was finished. Would you say that? So the wall was finished. I read that earlier this morning again, just to, just to read over it. It jumped out at me. So the wall was finished. Listen, many of you have been over to Jerusalem, haven't you? Some of you as many times. It's still there. Isn't it? 
Isn't the wall still there? It's this wall. Can you imagine? I'm going to come down just once, devil. I'm going to just stop for five. I'm just going, I'm walking away. I've had enough. I've just, I've just had enough. Can you imagine? What about the wall? What would you have seen the day if you went? But here we are. This is about two and a half thousand years later. More, roughly. And you're going and you're looking, you're going, I wonder what part Nehemiah was talking on when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arabian, the Canaanite and the Amorite and the Arabian and all their enemies came to shout it up. Come on down to meet us. In one of the villages in the plain of Ono. Come down and meet us. And Nehemiah goes, I'm doing a great work. I can't come down to you. What part it was. It's good that we don't know. You know why? Because see the part you're building? Why do you think it's small or great? See the part you're working in? Don't you give up? Because that's what counts, as it were. In the walls of a new Jerusalem in glory. You know what the new Jerusalem is? It's not the old Jerusalem. We are it. We are it. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I cannot go outside the word of God. Remember the second part? I cannot go outside of his commandments. But I can do all things. I can build the wall. I can work the great work. May Christ strengthen you today and for the time that lies ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless us all.